Burst Busters Football Podcast, episode 195. I'm your host, Tom McKinnon. On a big weekend for golf, we are joined in, on this uh, podcast by two masters. Uh, firstly, Johnny Clark. <sighs> wow. That is uh, <laughs> clever, but you've spent too much time thinking about that, I think. Yes, far too much time. And <laughs> Callum Scott is also on the panel today. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for that uh, Wonderful introduction, Tom. <laughs> uh, so, I'm not much of a golf fan, but uh, I'll take it as a massive, massive compliment. Mm. Yeah, I'm not much of a golf man either. More of a Rangers versus Dundee man, which is where we'll start. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tenuous links. Uh, <laughs> Rangers comfortably win 4-0. Maybe a bit of gloss on the score. Miller scoring the first half and then three second half goals from Morelos, Murphy and Candias. That's Dundee not one in six, Rangers first win in three. Callum, what did you think of the game? Um, I, th- I think, well, g- going by certainly our, our uh, one, well, 50% of our Rangers uh, panel, um, Callum Fisher didn't seem too happy with the, the team selection. I think he had a go at Kenny Miller starting and then uh, conceded that, or now that he said that, he'll probably score to which he obviously did. Um, but I I, th- I think you could tell there was a bit of apprehension amongst the Rangers support. I think it was it was even portrayed through the the highlights when when Musa uh, comes inside and, and hits that shot. Yeah. You, you can hear the kind of ringing boozer and Ibrox, and I think that's when they're up one 0 at the time as well. Um, so you can obviously see there was a bit of apprehension amongst the Rangers support. However, second half I think they were absolutely top top class. Um, really really good, entertaining to watch and. Um, more, everybody knows that I'm quite a big fan of Candace and Saturday just shows exactly why. I mean, his end product's absolutely phenomenal and that, that ball he puts in for Morelos for, I think, is the third goal. Um, no, the mm-hmm. second goal, sorry. Um, it's an absolutely wonderful ball into the box and it's what every striker in the world wants. And No, just excellent performance for Rangers. Um, well, more so excellent second half performance, but we'll take that. I mean, I, and I knew they would have won quite comfortably on Saturday because with indeed getting the draw midweek at Parkhead, I just knew that they couldn't they could um, better that or, um, or even equal that. I, I knew that indeed would have collapsed on Saturday. And uh, obviously, Rangers absolutely ran riot and deservedly so. Yeah, uh, the second and third goal, particularly the third, uh, Kasunga, the Dundee centre half, what on earth mm. he was playing at. That's him after being awarded a contract during the week. Uh, same as Josh Meekins last week. We saw him poorly for the heart school. Uh, Johnny, was it a dive from Morelos? Yeah, I think it's a stonewall dive. Oh um, my God! I think it's really a, a really a, quite a bad dive. I, I think you can see that Morelos chucks his foot over, um, makes the contact with the keeper and then and then goes down. Uh, I was speaking to my mate who was at the game as well and he said he thought exactly the same, uh, that it was a stonewall dive. And it's it comes, at, for me, the, the most kind of pointless thing about it is that it's just, you know, a 3 nil up against Dundee. Actually, he's in on goal. He takes it round the keeper. There's really no need for it more than anything. Um, but but that's surely what's opposite way, though, as well. It's a... Why would they dive in that position? I don't think it's a dive at all. There's nah, I think contact. Nah, he he initiates all the contact. Definitely, he sticks, he chucks his right foot into the keeper. There's no way it's not a dive. I think. I, I, I don't know. I I think it's uh, 
I don't know I don't know how to word this properly. I sh- I, d- I certainly don't think it's a dive. I, I really I really don't. There's certainly contact. Um mm. but as you say, you've obviously conceded that yourself, except it's uh, Morelos that uh, kinda initiates the contact. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think he's in that position. I don't I don't I don't see why he goes down particularly particularly with the scoreline as it is. So no, I I I don't honestly don't think it was a dive. Mm. Mm. I suppose that's what they said in sports news as well. I think they, they they had a bit of a disagreement, but there was a sort of consensus as well that it wasn't there was contact and it wasn't a dive. Certainly not a booking, but I thought it was. I thought the referee got absolutely spot on. I think it was a booking. Uh, I thought it was a one of the more obvious dives I've seen this season. Actually, Jesus, what about you, Tom? Did you think it was? Um, I'd probably go along with the line of thought that I don't think he deliberately dived and. I don't think there was enough for a booking. I don't think there was enough for a penalty. It's maybe a bit sitting on the fence here, but <laughs> I think you'd probably be speaking about it a lot more if it was nil-nil, which you've seen a lot yeah. at uh, Ibrox this season where it would probably would have meant a bit more. But um, thankfully for both teams and the, uh, the referee, it was 3-0 at the time. Um, all th- uh, the three second half goals come after Andy Halliday comes onto the pitch. Coincidence or is he one of their better players? One of their better players, uh, a big chess beater that you need in the middle of the pitch for any team. No, I, I noticed that. Um, I actually didn't notice it was. I know I actually did because it was Andy Halliday that plays the ball out for Tavernier who then plays it to Candias and then puts one for Morelos. But. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's refreshing to see Halliday back in. I've actually always had a kind of soft spot for him. Mm. I don't know why. I initially used to despise him because <laughs> he was a kind of chess beater and then I kind of liked that about him. And, uh, no, I, it'll be interesting to see see if he can kind of resurrect his Rangers career. Um, but the, the more impressive thing for Rangers is just like the the kind of quality that you will now seeing. Obviously, Doran's played as well. Uh, is that his first game back since his injury? Um uh, first or I second, I want to say. Aye, aye. So he's he's, he's pretty pretty fresh. Um, mm-hmm. So I know I think that uh, it's obviously it's positive for Rangers to these kind of guys come back in and hopefully hopefully Andy Halliday can um, resurrect his Rangers mm-hmm. career. That says it will be unpopular, and I think any Kelly fans listening to the show will be sitting thinking if I'm a closet Rangers fan, you don't know because actually <laughs> I always have had a resource spot for Halliday, but. I think it's more just his kind of character I like, but uh, no. So I, I definitely don't think it was a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Andy Halliday is the best holding midfielder in Scotland, and that's why Rangers <laughs> scored three goals in the second half. Speaking of good Rangers players, you mentioned Condéas there. Is he in with a shout for uh, Player of the Season? Not just at Rangers, but across the league. Johnny. Um. I'm not sure. I can't see it going to a Rangers player. I think he's had a really, really good season. Um, he's been probably probably Rangers' best signing. I think Morelos, obviously, as well. But um, he's really is a joy to watch. We don't get many players like him in the Scottish top flight, but I think there's there's a few other players that you'd probably you'd give a shout out. And I think looking at Celtic, I think it'll probably maybe I don't know. Who who are the sort of running James Forrest potentially? Forrest Brown. Um, yeah, I I probably think Forrest would he'd probably be my choice at the moment. Obviously, there's still the split to go as well. But for the full um, for the full uh, week. Yeah, Chris yeah. Boyd. 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 Yeah. Mm. 
I think Boyd's got to be in with a shout as well, yeah, but he certainly, I, I think, he certainly think, won the few names in there, yeah. I think that uh, Forrest originally, yes, but I don't think he's really done much since the kind of turn of the year. Um, mm. But certainly the first yeah, part of the season, he was, he was very, very good. and he, He's certainly been on my list, but I think that it's just one of these, if he wasn't playing for Celtic, would he still be considered in that, uh, that category? I think he has had a very good season, but he's not done much since the turn of the year. Um but it's easy for me to say, obviously, because since the turn of the year, Kilmarnock have totally turned the corner. So, uh, Forrest should be there, but I think that he definitely has petered out a bit. And I think it's only fair to give Candias a mention as well, because I think he has been, mm. been very, very good. But I don't, I don't see him making the... It's three three candidates that goes to Inter, and then the postcast mm. vote. I can't see him getting in the top three. I think it probably will be Boyd, Forrest and Brown, just like Johnny said. But I think Young Player of the Year will go to a Rangers player, and I think it will go to Morelos. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyone else got anything else to say on the Rangers Dundee? Well, I was going to ask you, you mm. Tom, about like Dundee. Like obviously, you're uh, the Dundee perspective mm-hmm. on it because, and basically, just what I said, I was I knew they would get beat, but what about yourself? Because what a point midweek at Parkhead, and then to go and get absolutely gob for Rangers, and uh, a couple of days later. Yeah, you think. After holding out against, maybe not necessarily as a, a much better team in Celtic at the moment, but probably still just about a better team during the week. I think they would maybe expected to do something similar, and if not, maybe not fall through to four goals, particularly conceding the last three pretty, uh, pretty poorly as well. They sort of lied down in that last half an hour, given that they'd sort of lost. I think they'd lost the game. I think they'd thought that as well, um, and it. What could have been a brilliant week, I think, if they'd managed to get two points from the week, or even just not get or, uh, lose the game one nil, I think the sense of optimism would have been tenfold better than it is. And I don't, I think it's probably slightly higher than it has been given the result against Celtic, but a better result or a uh, conceding less against Rangers, I think they would probably have been that. Particularly the fans would have been a lot more optimistic. Whereas uh, Ross County's sort of uh, last week has put a lot of fear amongst uh, the Dundee fans and you'd probably imagine the players now as well. Uh, mentioned Ross County there. Uh, Ross County were denied a win. Uh, won all with Hibs, which probably on the face of it would look like quite a good point despite uh, Ollie Shaw scoring in the 91st minute. Uh, hmm. That's Hibs unbeaten in nine now. Uh, do we see Hibs clinching second? No, I don't think they'll. I think they'll finish... Um, where they are just now in fourth but obviously it's with the, the split it's a lot harder to call everyone plays everyone but I, sp- I suppose you could look at it from the perspective of if it goes how the season's gone then it'll be Aberdeen that finish in fourth place because they, they've obviously not performed against Rangers and um, generally they've not performed against the, the teams around them obviously Celtic um, although they have had some they had they smashed Hibs at Petodre earlier this season, I suppose. But um, yeah. as it, just the point still stands, I think if it goes how the season has gone, then Aberdeen will not do well after the after the split. Um, but I still think that Hibs will finish fourth, and it'll be between Aberdeen and Rangers. Um, probably as a Hibs Hibs supporter, you're considering an away trip to Ross County, where you only leave one point as as two dropped. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably delighted to get one. Um, Although I did look at the stats after this game, and I think Ross County had one shot on target, and Hibs had like fourteen shots, thirteen <laughs> corners, and like just ridiculously one-sided. But um, 
So when you score in the last minute, you're obviously delighted and delighted for Ollie Shaw as well because mm-hmm. he's a player that I've watched come through it at Stenhouse Muir and he was, to be honest, he never really... There's players that play for Stenhouse Muir and you can tell they're a level above. Um, sort of when they're on loan, me and, me and Hamish did a, a little recording yesterday about uh, Harry Payton who plays for Stenhouse Muir on loan from Hearts. Um, who's a fantastic player and you can tell when you watch Dennis Muir this guy plays he's on loan from a top flight team you can tell mm-hmm. that Ollie Shaw was never really one that I I uh, picked out but he's done fantastic obviously scoring at Hamden and and then now becoming more of a, mm-hmm. a regular as well so quite happy for him too Similar to Scott McKenna in that respect then Yeah yeah that's true actually I think yeah, because Scott McKenna's not one that when he was at air, you would you would say, yeah, he's genuine quality. Certainly not Scotland quality. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of players making a huge jump. I suppose it's only only a good thing for the lower leagues. Shows you that there's definitely um, worth going to to lower league teams on loan for sure. Uh, you probably see this from Ross County's perspective as quite a disappointing point, particularly after um, the result during the week and conceding such a late result. Uh, do you think this will damage their um, safety chances, Casey? No, oh, to, to be honest, Tom, I think it was the opposite. I think uh, getting into those two games, I think Ross County fans would have been delighted to get to get four points. Um, I mean, obviously, the big one was against Fussell, and they mm-hmm. certainly delivered. Um, and then again against Hibs, who, along with ourselves, are the firm team in the country at the moment. Um so I, I I think a draw with Hibs at home mm-hmm. isn't a, uh, isn't too bad. It's one of those that they call cliche. If you offered them a point before the game, they would have taken it. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously, as you say, to to concede the the last minute goals, obviously a second. They could have lost it as well. So when you look at it that way, as a positive because um, I think is it McGregor's header with the last last touch of the ball just gets past the post and yeah. could have easily mm-hmm. ended up with nothing. So no, I honestly think that that's. Um, for the Ross County fans and that, I think it's got to give them, give them a bit of hope because, like they they've turned that around now and then they've got a wee bit of momentum going behind them. Uh, and that's because Partick just don't look like they can score at the moment. And I I think the I actually had this discussion with Johnny on Wednesday, and he asked me who who I thought would finish bottom. I still said County, but I'm having second thoughts about it now because, um, I I think they've got a wee bit of momentum and fair play the. The management team there, uh, I kind of gave them a bit of stick when they first come in. But not them personally, but just the kind of the appointments. Mm. But they, they've done okay, so uh, you never know. Mm. Do you think the appointments of uh, the appointment of Kettlewell, um, might force the hand of the Park Thistle board in that they've seen that they can promote within, do it relatively inexpensively, and maybe just give them just even for the last few games just a a bounce of some sort. Going into well, what, into the playoffs or. I th- I think there's a couple of things to, to bear in mind there. I, I can I can see what you're saying, but Kettlewell was obviously the under twenties manager mm-hmm. of the county, um, and they won the league if I'm right in saying, yeah. either last season or the season before. So, well, obviously the, they've had a good record at that level, but it's it's just one of those I don't know, and it was Coyle just never ever worked out with them. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that Partick I actually really like Alan Archibald mm-hmm. 
I think that I, I don't think it's the right time to get rid of a manager just now because I don't think that there's as you say that there is that new manager bounce that, that could benefit them but I don't th- uh, Partick have been in this position before under Archibald and he's got them out it and I hope for their sake that he can do it again so I don't think it would be wise to get rid of Archibald I think it would be quite harsh on him uh, considering um, what he's done with this so in against us in, us in Saturday I know we'll come on to it um, th- they weren't too bad I mean they had a lot of the ball that was part of our game plan right enough but I'd see once one of their strikers scores again I think they'll, mm-hmm. they'll find because they create chances they always have with the style of football they play so no I, I don't think it would be wise to get rid of Archibald I, I've got faith that I hope that he does kind of turn that around there because I, I do like him and I've got a wee soft spot for Thistle as well mm-hmm. yeah he's seen the I think it was the Chris Erskine chance where he played through um, for Partick against Kelly, um, mm. where you think maybe a more confident Player, particularly if Erson's ability, I've seen it first hand at United. Not the greatest player, but you could tell there was a bit of quality about him when he could turn it on. Uh, we'd maybe just loft it over the keeper as opposed to the way that yeah. the unconfident manner he took it in. But all in all, it was actually a great defending from Broadfoot, was it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was Broadfoot. He made a couple of good challenges like that. Mm-hmm. So you were at the game on Saturday. How was it? Um, Very, very good. Obviously, we're, we're talking before we come on air. I mean, wasn't nothing spectacular for mm. for Kilmarnock, uh, but it was very professional performance, and it's a great position to be in now when we're not playing particularly well, but we're still being able to kind of grind out results and kind of similar at the Hamilton game last week. Don't get me wrong, I think if circumstances had been different, we could have won by a few, but obviously Partick had to kind of throw the kitchen sink at us to some extent. Um, we're obviously the predicament they're in, uh, and I think that. Had parted my equalised in the second half at some point. I think we we maybe would have stepped up again and uh, attacked more because we did sit back quite a lot. But no, excellent. It's it's just this what we're saying to a few of my mates who are Kelly fans. Both the Hamilton game and uh, the Partick game there. If this was last season or any other season for the last two or three years, we'd be talking about how massive a result it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's not. It just seems like a routine victory, which is a welcome change for for me and the, the Kilmarnock support um, which I'll credit as well absolutely brilliant support I wait for so said there was only 1600 I think there was probably more than that I mean if you look at the the stand I mean it's pretty full up until the the last section on the left hand side um, so yeah, Kelly do alright with a club with no supporters so, <laughs> as some would say so nah fair play to the Kelly fans so how do you envisage the rest of Kelly season going to be honest, anything's just a bonus, to be honest, mate. I think that, obviously, we're six points clear of hearts just now, but we've got a game in hand, which is against Hamilton next week, um, which I spoke to you about. I think there'll be mm-hmm. a healthy Kelly support going through there again, which, again, is all right for a club with no fans. But uh, <laughs> well, there should be a good crowd going there. And I think anything's a bonus. The target's got to be, if you're going to focus on target, it's got to be catching Hibs. Probably don't think that will happen. Um but you never know. As I say, anything above this a bonus when you consider where we were. Um, I think that in the twenty games for Clark's come in, I think we've accumulated. What was it forty six points? Forty six points. Forty six. Yeah. Um, I, in uh, what was it? Uh, three less than Celtic, but obviously we've mm-hmm. got a game in hand to them. So, um, 
with that position, I think. So, no, I've, anything's a bonus, to be honest. I mean, I would have been delighted to, to stay up comfortably and now we're sitting in the top six and talking about Europe. I just can't wait for next season, more than anything. Mm. Yeah, um, how do you see it going, Johnny? Come on, next yeah. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. End of the season. Um, I think, like like uh, Kelly Carl says there, the objective's obviously got to be to catch Hibs. Um, they can beat Hamilton, that's only four points, and obviously they'll have to play Hibs. Uh, after the split so it's a very realistic proposition and then obviously the chance to to play in Europe that's what you're after as a uh, a support any any team in the top six obviously hearts are out out of the reach uh, of European football but that's ultimately ultimately the objective Um, it's just a a little bit unfortunate for Kelly that they've come up against probably the most consistent top four I've seen in a couple of years Um, with obviously Aberdeen Hibs and and Rangers you're not going to get too many points. I mean, Kelly have won five in the bounce now in the league, and, and they're still obviously they've had a, a big gap from the start of the season. But Hibs are not dropping points as Kelly Kelly Carl said the when we talked about the Hibs game. They're the second most informed team after Kelly, so it just seems like you know every three steps Kelly take, Hibs are taking two and a half. So you know they get three. They're just staying. They're not as good. In as good a run of form as Kilmarnock, but just good enough to stay ahead, um, and I think that will continue after the split as well. Um, obviously, Aberdeen will get their inevitable three points against against Chile <laughs> as well. So it's going to end sometime, man. It's going to end sometime. <laughs> but there was a probability, man. We've got to be Aberdeen in that top six now. But no, I, I t- totally agree with what Johnny said. Um, and like I said, I'll not get too disheartened. Um, regardless of what happens, it's just anything's a bonus from now on but I think which may work in our favour even though Hibs have been good against all the sides as well but I think mm. that our record for Clarkson win obviously speaks for itself but I mean undefeated against the old firm and it's only Aberdeen and Hibs that we haven't beaten um, but obviously we came back for two down against Hibs uh, in the last match so I think that I think that's got to bode well as well getting get into the, the top six that um, if we can keep that run going and just the momentum and, and no losing games then, then you never know but we're only three points off uh, breaking a record total for the kind of SPL era as well which is absolutely remarkable um, when you look at it that way so if we, if we can break that wee record then that's a that's another record that Clark just keeps continuing mm-hmm. to break as command manager because as Johnny alluded to there as well five wins in a row the first team in the Premiership to do it this season which it's very surprising, I think, that not even Celtic mm. have been able to win five in the bounce. So, total credit to Steve Clark and Alex Dyer. Just wonderful, wonderful tacticians. Mm. And <laughs> the, as you said, the race for Europe, I think it's probably the most interesting it's been in years. Uh, given yeah, certainly. Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, now Killy as well, getting involved in it. Um, one team that took a massive dent on uh, the weekend was Aberdeen getting beat 2-0 at Tynecastle by uh, Hearts. Naismith and Milinkovic scored in two goals in space of three minutes in the first half. Uh, that was Aberdeen's six unbeaten uh, game run over. Uh, and Hearts now near enough a year unbeaten at Tynecastle. Um, yeah. A massive uh, loss for Aberdeen, Johnny. Yeah, I was about to mention this, actually, if you hadn't gone on to Aberdeen. I think this <laughs> post-split this post-split season for Aberdeen is pro is massive. It is really, really big for them. Obviously, the entire season for them has been sort of 
centered around well they can beat they can beat the teams at the bottom of the league week in week out there's no doubt about that but they can't handle the big games and it's this is the sort of five games that McInnes has got to say well yes we can handle the big games and for me he's really got to perform in these in these five games or I think he's it'll be an interesting summer certainly um not that I'm suggesting he should go but I, I think he he certainly There'll be there'll definitely be sections, and there's already sections of Aberdeen fans that are that are doubting him. But there'll certainly be more if um, if he doesn't perform in these five games. And me and, me and Lewis were talking about it a minute ago. This is the strongest top six I remember seeing um, for a long, long time, certainly. Mm-hmm. And it's probably most exciting as well. Um, we've got say Hearts who haven't lost at home for a year, Killy who are five on the bounce, Hibs who are. Was the second most informed team in the league. Um, Celtic and Rangers, well, speaks for itself. Obviously, Celtic are going to win the league. I think Aberdeen might be the team, certainly at the top five, that are coming into this probably the most, mm, I don't know what the word is to use here, nervous or because they're not out of form, you know what I mean? Mm. They've got the most to prove, certainly. Um, going into the split, and yeah, it's ab- it's absolutely massive for them. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Johnny. I, they've got the most to prove, and they've got the most to lose as well. Yeah. Because every as I say, Hearts out of the equation really. Anything they can do is a bonus. What they want to do is win Edinburgh derby, Kilmarnock. Anything's a bonus. Hibs European footballs just getting like that, 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 that's brilliant for them. Celtic win the league. Obviously, Rangers have got a bit to lose as well here. Yeah. But I totally agree with you, though. I mean, Aberdeen are the. Like, I, I would say Aberdeen have got more to lose than Rangers here. Uh, because, like I say, Rangers under Marty and that obviously already has its question marks. So, no, there's a lot more pressure on Aberdeen getting into this, but, uh, this top six than, than any other side in it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, obviously, I didn't mention Rangers there, but it's a, it's a good point you make, obviously. Rangers. For Rangers and Aberdeen, it's both. If they don't finish second, it's it's obviously a failure, and if, arguably, you could potentially say it's a failure. Certainly for Rangers, if they even if they do finish second, obviously their objective is always to win the league. And that I don't know if Aberdeen have a good post split, it's, it's huge for McInnes. But you could obviously argue that Aberdeen should be doing more to be closer to Celtic as well, given that they've had a few years now. Obviously, um, they're supposed to be challenging for the title, but I would definitely say it's huge for them. Biggest at the top six. Obviously, we'll have a better picture <clears throat> of how the season's going to unfold probably by Tuesday, given we'll know the split fixtures. Um, but right now, who would you say is favourite to uh, probably get? Who, in fact, what order would you put second, third, fourth, and fifth in? Johnny can go first. <laughs> Uh, it'll be the most boring answer I've ever said but I think I'd probably keep it as is <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that Aberdeen might finish second um, I don't know you, you really just kind of separate because I mean earlier we're just like nah, no way you can see Hibs doing it but there's only three points in it it's mental mm. uh, the fixtures will be quite important I think by the way because Obviously, Aberdeen have played Hearts away twice this season, one once at Murrayfield, albeit, and they've only got one point. And I think Aberdeen, if I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be looking at it and going, you'd probably want to play the two Edinburgh teams at home 
because mm. I think they would probably be quite big favourites for those two. Mm. Um, the record at Rugby Park under McInnes has been ridiculously good, so I don't think they would fear going there. And Ibrox, I don't know, the, obviously the record in Glasgow is absolutely <laughs> laughable. Um, you'd probably take Rangers at home and Celtic away if they could get those five. Then mm. you would fancy them for second, but if they get the two Edinburgh teams away, um, and the and maybe the other three at home, or I, I think we'll definitely home. play Kelly Rugby Park anyway. I think that that's yeah should be a certainty. But no, I agree. I, if 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 they end up away to Hibs and Hearts, then yeah, they played Hearts uh, away twice, like I say, but it obviously doesn't work always work like that, does it? You can play teams away three times. That's uh, it because I think yeah, the, uh, as Hibs will definitely play. Rangers, well, no, we'll have to play Rangers at Ibrox. Um, between us and I think it'll probably more likely be Kilmarnock. Uh, they'll play Rangers at Ibrox as well, despite us already playing them twice there. But no, it sh- should be an interesting one. But uh, I, 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 I'm going to sit when I couldn't see Aberdeen will finish. I don't know, I actually don't know. Just that once the fixtures come out, we'll have a better idea. I'm, I'm mm. enjoying that once you see who's actually got who at home. Mm. But. Uh, Obviously, speaking of their own form, just quick word in Hearts, I thought they were, were very, very good. Uh, Milinkovic, really, really quality player. I like him. Good vision for the for Naismith school. Um, and that was just classic Naismith. He's great at using his body in the right areas. He, he, he doesn't even do much. It's just the way he angles himself. Mm. Brilliant, great finish. And, uh, aye, so that, and Hearts played some, some good stuff. and restricted Aberdeen to a lot of long balls um, mm. that suit Hearts as well because that's bread and butter for Hearts that's, uh, that's exactly what they want to do but um, no, fair play to Hearts and Levine I mean the, the, the record at Tynecastle just really does speak for itself and it's an absolutely wonderful record and I think mm. it should be interesting because I think, I think they'll play probably Rangers at, at Tynecastle um, <laughs> come the Come the split, so that should be quite interesting to see if they can maybe go the rest of the season and beat the Tynecastle. Certainly when they put it past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving from games that seem to hang on a knife edge, uh, given that every goal seems to count, to St Johnson and Motherwell, where <laughs> did it really matter? Did anyone really care? Johnny, I'll let you, <laughs> Johnny, I'll let you try and uh, speak about this game. Um, yeah, I think this is one of those games where it's end of the season there's absolutely no- nothing to play for for either they're, they're going to be along with Hearts the three odd teams out uh, at the end of the season obviously 12, 12 clear there's no chance they're going to be in any sort of danger but it's one of those games that you think it could be a thriller or it could be just nobody cares and it's ended up being the nobody cares unfortunately because I thought it was going to be the opposite way around um, and I've seen the 6-5 to five over 2.5 and, and gone for it on Saturday afternoon and <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was absolutely it's just one of those ones that my mates all went like that what, what are you doing and uh, as they've been proved right it's I, I watched the highlights and I still can't think of anything to say it was just mm-hmm. both teams they actually it? showed that clip was a highlight at the start of the game where uh, it's a cross ball into the box I think is it, is it McLean maybe gets on to the end of it um, mm. wait I'll just check it was a it's, it's, it's just a diagonal ball into the right hand side of the mm. penalty area and I think it's McLean 
um, that that sticks his foot out and just makes contact with the ball, <laughs> rolls into the keeper's <laughs> arms, and actually used that as like a highlight, man. And I think the most exciting thing that happened was was uh, Kipre getting belted with the ball, mm. like uh, for mm. Alan Manis's kick out, just a awful game of football, man. Mm. I think the the one thing you can say about St Johnston is that this has been the worst season they've had in a long time and they're still 12 clear of the relegation zone for a club of that size that's absolutely ridiculously good to obviously it's disappointing for them to not be in the top six for the first time in four years five years obviously four years in a row they're in the top six was it it will not be more than that they've not been top six for 2012 they finished fourth a lot in a row I know it would have been because it was Lomas they got them top six, mm-hmm. 2012, 13, then Tommy Wright took over, and then they've not looked back, so no, I think it was the first time in, that's, well... So five uh, years and then not, not this year? Aye, aye, aye. Right, yeah. So obviously there's that sort of disappointment, but to still be that comfortable, and this has been what they would probably now describe as a poor year, and they're potentially going to finish seventh. You know, it's, you've got to give them credit for that, and I think Motherwell have obviously started really really well and had really some poor patches under Robinson but I think that they're probably very happy with their season as well obviously um, Hamden yes yeah, it's, it's definitely times, so. cup runs of save Motherwell this year yeah and some more I'd certainly an adequate season in the league as well mm. no no um, no definitely definitely but I think is it something like three three league wins in 20 or something Um is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think Sutton said that today in BT Sport when uh, Craig and tapped Robinson for man- <laughs> manager of the year. Even though he's, <laughs> Jeez, he's done an excellent he job, but he has done a good job. But that's what I'm saying. If it, if it hadn't been for the cup runs, we'd probably make more out of it. But as you said, like they had an excellent start, like a really, really, really good start. But no, I, I didn't mm. even take that away from them because like, I actually like Robinson. But Why has Craig uh, said that? <laughs> well, I think he was just trying to give him like, an honourable mention or something. Because he's done well. Obviously, to take Motherwell to a final and arguably another mm. final uh, is it should be a success. But certainly not in regards to league form, I don't think. Even though he's done a, a decent job, like, I don't, uh, it's definitely, as, a, as my original point was, that the cup football was made this a decent season for Motherwell. Hmm. I can't. I think for manager of the year, it's got to be Lennon or, or Rogers. I can't think of anyone else. Maybe Levine. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm not even got to bite that. I'm disgusted in BT Sport when they just kept saying Brendan Rogers if he delivers his second treble, which is fair enough. But you're like, what kind of madman? Like, no other manager in the country would do turn over Kilmarnock in the position of a rat and turn them into this like not even Rogers, no way like um, uh, so mm. aye yeah, this isn't about Kelly Hill though anyway it's about uh, Stephen it's about Craig and Tim Stephen <laughs> Robinson for manager of the year <laughs> speaking of Rogers, uh, his side laboured to a 2-1 victory at New Douglas Park today or Sunday depending on what day you listen to this Um <laughs> McGregor opened the scoring very early on with, a, I thought, an absolutely brilliant finish. Very clever. And then Bingham, not long after, went up the pitch and scored. Got a composed finish. And Griffiths, yeah, the super sub off the bench, less than a minute on the pitch, I think he was, um, making it 2-1, which turned out to be the winner. Um, do we see Griffiths as the first-choice striker at Celtic, Johnny? Uh, yeah, I do. I think he's the, the best finisher at the club, certainly. Uh, the most natural goal scorer 
uh, at Celtic as well. And I think, although Kelly Cal might might say that, say differently, obviously with Boyd in the equation, but I do think he's the best the best striker in the country as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I actually <laughs> do agree with that. I, I, what I said um, when we played Celtic and beat them, like, I've got a lot of respect. Dembele's a class act when he's on it, but mm. see with Griffiths, doesn't matter if he's having the worst game ever. He'll still score goals. Is it? He'll score for anything. He's um, he's um, for me, he's the most feared player on the Celtic team. That that's who. That when we beat them, I knew we'd. I'd, very confident we would see it out because Griffiths, pure and simple, he was on the pitch. He scores for everyone. Um, and like I say, he's by far. I think he'd be far the, the biggest threat at Celtic because see on that by the way like I don't know if you've both watched the game very very poor game I thought um, I thought Celtic are just in spells they look good but they're so sluggish at the, they're just there's totally no urgency um, at all and I, I feel I feel like I'm just going to repeat sports scene here but I actually picked it up myself watching the game Whenever they actually did put the ball in it, the box looked like they would score. Whereas they just refused to do it all the time. It was it was so side to side, side to side, and that's the Aki's Aki's were sitting in holding their mm-hmm. shape. But any time they actually get a ball into the box, it caused problems. Um, and it was really very similar to to again when we played them. Um, it's the most comfortable I've ever seen us beat any old firm side, ever. Like mm-hmm. um, in this, and this is arguably one of the best Celtic sides I've seen. But they're just. It's so side to side all the time. There's there's nobody, even with the likes of Patrick Roberts on the pitch and and McGregor who are credit to him scored. There's nobody willing to drive with the ball or, or make anything happen. And what like I say when Griffiths came on, it was a excellent header and he's not got a match for there. But no, I, I thought Celtic were very poor today. This after their very good start. Once Hamilton get back into the game, Celtic were just. I don't know. In fairness, at times they didn't really need to go to second gear, but I just, I don't. I, I thought it was really, really flat performance for Celtic, and um, I, I think Rangers again could cause them problems uh, come Sunday. Mm. Seems to be a bit of a theme for their season: just winning games, just but that being it, not playing particularly well. Um, no, definitely. But see, see, when you look at the match stats, I mean. It, it tells a different story because Celtic seventy six percent possession, twenty shots in goal, but only six in target. I mean, I get summed up. I think they showed the highlight. Uh, Edward when he comes on, mm-hmm. like comes in and then shoots for like thirty yards and he actually clears the fence in at Hamilton. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, but sorry, sorry, I kind of butt it in there, Tom. But no, just that's right. that, I don't know. Just mm. Celtic. Yeah, I was really, really disappointed with them. I thought, thought it was a very very poor game, and I thought Aki should have done a bit more. I think. Whenever Aki's went direct, they looked dangerous, as we've seen with the goal, which was a very, very good finish for Bingham. Um, but uh, it was it was a very poor game of football, and I assume you've got to probably come on to the red card next. Yeah, of course. Do you think it was worthy of a card, Darren Lyons? No. Push, would you no. say it was a push? I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what you'd say. I, I, I don't mm. think it was at all. Um, I think that... If any, the referee should have just had a word with him because he's an mm-hmm. idiot. Because he obviously only gets booked like a minute before it, uh, so he shouldn't have even be given the the old cliche the referee a decision to make there. But MD with common sense, he's just put a right can down here, like a bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like 
and then that would have been it. But that's it. N- never a red card in a million years. Just just stupidity mm-hmm. for lying and the the referee just the referees every week are always making an error and 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 that was one uh, which was a shame because you never know if if he stayed in the patch Hamilton maybe had more of a chance but but I don't know I, just, I think it was just a very very poor decision. Mm. It's the sort of one you don't see given a lot. If it was a Celtic Rangers Aberdeen or a Hibs player. No, d- definitely. Old fan bias, yeah. <laughs> it would be though because see, like you would never even seen it, man. If it was a uh, Hearts v Hamilton today, like uh, the, the referee, they just totally calmed the situation down. Mm-hmm. Because it was when we when we played Rangers, um, when we beat them at Rugby Park, Tavernier basically had an identical foul on Jordan Jones when he was on a yellow card. Letter of the law was a sending off, but game management it wasn't. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it was quite shortly after it, and most Kelly fans in about me were dying for him to go off but I was like nah game management you don't do that because let the lot probably is a booking but the, the Hamilton one wasn't even a booking but you know what I mean game mm-hmm. management the referee should be doing better there and he doesn't and well lucky the game didn't spiral out of control for there because as I say the, the, the game management in that uh, that situation was, was appalling and it, well lucky we didn't see a few other red cards mm-hmm. How much trouble do you think Hamilton are actually in now? Obviously, they've got that game in hand against Kelly next weekend, but they're still very much in the bottom four and could be caught by all all three teams below them. Um, obviously, they've lost four games in the bounce, but that's a pretty. They've had a really tough run of fixtures, obviously, with Celtic. Hibbs and Kelly, I think, have been their last three, and they lost to St John's up at McDermott Park. Um, I don't know. Obviously, as I've said earlier, the split gives you. A, a chance everyone plays everyone but I can't I certainly can't see both Partick and County overtaking them um, mm. which I think the absolute worst case scenario for, for Aki's is, is surely the the playoff position obviously with Partick playing Ross County there's there's almost no chance surely that they can both of them can get obviously six and five points respectively you surely have to doubt it um, and that would obviously be if Aki's lost every single game as well. So I'm sure they would be, and obviously even Dundee are on horrible form as well. But it's it's a bad time to go on a bad run of form. But I, th- I do think that Aki's are a team that do beat the teams around them at home, and I think that in the that, that won't change post split. No, I think you're absolutely called it spot on there, Johnny. Uh, out of thirty points, I think twenty. Have came against teams in the bottom six, mm. so that just tells you everything you need to know. They they do tend to to do well with the teams round about them, and I know I feel like a broken record, but they've been in this position before. They know what's happening this kind of time of the season and that, and I I I think they they'll be fine. I think it's the it's I don't even see Dundee slipping into it. To be honest, I do think it will just be. A decision to see who finishes bottom out of county and party, and then the other one finishing uh, in the playoff place. But again, you never know; they could get sucked back into it. But I think that Aki's, Aki's will be all right. If anything, Dundee maybe could get brought back down a bit, but I don't even see that. So, no, nah, I, I think Hamilton will be okay. And again, to be fair, that's going to be another successful season for them. I think I, I kind of, I, we basically agreed there. But if, looking at the table, you think of the first game post split. Is County County Viakis? 
and that and uh, County win it. There's one point between them in the playoffs, so you know. I know, but the, it's, it's just going to be, be what I said earlier about no, the, no, the bulky yeah. Hamilton's points coming against the teams from below them. So I can't really see them losing many games in the bottom six. I agree, and obviously you've got Motherwell and St Johnston are going to play a really important part in this uh, bottom half split, and neither of them, neither of those teams are are going to care. Like <laughs> they've to be, to be blunt, they've got absolutely nothing to play for apart from seventh, and who like that's not something that's you're not going to be sitting at a flat party in four years if you're a Motherwell fan saying mind that time we finished above St Johnston after the split <laughs> like then you know that's not something that's and I'm sure the players don't really mind that much either they're safe that's it they're not in the top half that's it um, they do I have think the they like, do you have a little distraction the Scottish Cups are left to go though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, adding that into it as well, uh, for Motherwell, I think they've got even less to play for in the league, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, you wouldn't see Motherwell or St Johnson picking up many points post split at all. Hmm. Moving on from the race to stay in the league, and the champagne was put on ice to get out of the division. Um, St Mirren one held up their end of the bargain one nil at Beacon but a, a late analytical goal from for Livingston and winning 3-2 over Morton meant it'll have to wait till Tuesday till they uh, secure the title at Tannadice um, one nil St Mirren <laughs> at Brecon Johnny we've seen quite a lot of Brecon recently yeah this is the first Brecon game I've not been to in about three months or something <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just my heart does break for Brecon because I mean this is the 14th time now they've lost by a goal this season um, we looked at it earlier like to have played 32 games and to have won zero and to only have a goal difference of negative 54 just shows you like you look at negative 54 and you think that's <laughs> terrible but they've played 32 and not won any so it's not like their goal difference is hardly bad you know they've taken a lot of one goal defeats uh, breaking and obviously they're four draws as well but they've come so close so many times but the thing is like against St Mirren they, they conceded the first goal of the three o'clock kickoffs in the UK and then there was just not another goal you know they've just it's those sort of one nil defeats that they're they're obviously losing out on I know they've had a couple of late ones as well but the one when they played obviously St Mirren only beat them one nil at, at home as well yeah yeah um, we I was at that one with you, Tom, and mm-hmm. again breaking with a better team in the second half there, but they just looked like they had no belief. I've never seen a team play with so such a lack of belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I seen them at Falkirk and Morton, and they were good against Morton in the first half. Falkirk was a bit different because they were playing with nine men for forty five minutes. But <laughs> the second half, they only conceded once with nine men against Falkirk, so they're obviously not that terrible a team. They just I honestly have never seen a team with so little confidence and I think Darren Dodd has said a couple of times now that their players are League One standard they realise there's a huge gap between uh, semi, semi-professional semi and professional full-time and part-time I should say probably and they've just not been able to bridge that gap at all and as I've said before the question for me is where do they go from here in League One next season because are they going to be really like if they're in a promotion push 
what are they going to be thinking of? Well, last season we got four points there. You know, it's not exactly going to inspire them to want to push on. And I, d- I just don't know what their objective is next season. I think it's difficult for for Darren Dodds as well because I think he's a good manager. Obviously, to get breaking into the championship is remarkable, but he's almost sort of put himself at a dead end here with breaking. There's not really anywhere to to go next season. I fear. Mm. Um, the other team uh, involved in what looks like a, a relegation battle now which will almost certainly be the playoffs it looks like Falkirk have uh, probably got too many points it looks like Dumbarton uh, will be the team that will enter the playoff structure against the League 1 teams uh, they picked up a I would say impressive result uh, particularly given their form but a 3-2 win at home to Dungeon United. Dungeon United um, were absolutely awful on Saturday. Um, <laughs> anyone got any thoughts on this? You, you, you've not to say much about Dundee United today, you, Tom. Yeah, some people don't like uh, passionate fans. And I'll try and... <laughs> I've, I've wrote down on paper to try and keep a bit of order here on what I feel. Um, obviously, the last few weeks, there's been a bit more off the field... Uh, issues going on with the season tickets and the owners and whatever else um, but this this week there was no excuses for the team this was it the, they won on uh, they won during the week against them Barton fairly um, competent if unremarkable uh, 2-0 win uh, as for Saturday um, why we're playing Shirt Murdoch at left back fair enough He's a he's he, tell, he tells us he's a defender Um but fair enough, if we're really struggling for full-backs, like playing at left-back, that's okay if we really need to. Not when we've got two left-backs on the bench. <laughs> um, both of which, Jamie Robson and Brandon Mason, have got very obvious faults, but they're both still left-backs. Um, that was Lazo's first clear and error. I think you can. the players were awful and you can't excuse their performances, um, but Lazlo made two glaring errors. Uh, when we were chasing the game... In the second half, he put Moshney up front, which I'm all for. He's absolutely massive. Uh, and he does win the majority of headers against Craig Barr, who had scored twice, obviously, is very good in the air. He won, won all his headers up against him. Um, why that meant Ralston had to tuck in as a sort of auxiliary centre-half, despite him being far and away our best player going forward. He scored and he did amazingly. The one player to show a bit of desire in the first hour, uh, the one to, to set up the goal for McDonald, um, why we put him in as a centre half despite clearly being our best outlet, despite playing it right back, um, that's just poor management. I think you can almost excuse Laszlo given how poor the players were, um, but to make two obvious errors like that from Murdoch and keeping Ralston back, just beyond belief at how and particularly Ralston in the second half he was playing right in front of Laszlo how he could not see how good he was in that half him and Moshti were really the only ones that I would give pass marks to Moshti looks a cut above which is saying something given um, <laughs> probably three years ago if we'd signed someone if we'd signed them it would have been uh, at best a squad player and at worst probably as a joke um, <laughs> and now he's far and away our best centre half um, the other two that were slightly better than Murdoch, well, Lewis was slightly better, um, the keeper. Uh, we thought, at least with Cammy Bell, him not coming off his line was fine because he was a very good shot stopper and he made up for it more uh, more often than not. But Hylos is not that and he's so bad at crosses. We've seen that 
the second two goals were from crosses. He was petrified of coming off his line. And when he did, he looked an absolute shell of a man. He's massive. I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's easily six foot three. Um, but he he looks about five foot five when he comes for a cross. He, he is just terrified. And you compare that, I think it was Ewing in the goal for um, Dumbarton on Saturday. Uh, and he's obviously a part-time player and he's coming out and just commanding his area. Obviously, the the quality of crosses from Dumbarton was really good on Saturday, but you still expect to keep on loan from an English Premier League side to to show his class here. Um, I, whereas Jamie Ewing came out, if you were to say which keeper was a English Premier League keeper, it would be the Dumbarton keeper. I'm, I'm presuming it's Ewing here, but I could be wrong. Was it uh, Gallagher? Was, was it Gallagher? Uh, Apologies. Um, he, he was it, well. Gallagher gets all praise, and he was brilliant off his line. It I just shouldn't be noticing how good it is to have a keeper that's competent off his line. Because <laughs> uh, here I'm coming away with it, saying he he looked like a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, Lewis petrified off his line, and one player who I was excited with when we signed at the start of the season, and he started quite well despite again uh, torn apart by Deacon at Dundee. Uh, Tam Scobie playing at centre half today uh, on Saturday was excruciating to watch. <laughs> the pitch was poor, um, but not as poor as I think he would like like to be made out. He how he couldn't string a pass, um, and why he kept so often giving the ball to Murdoch, and often it being a very poor pass in Murdoch's defence. But why they so often kept giving it to them when on the right hand side we had Moshley, a very good ball playing centre half, and Ralston who was. <laughs> brilliant um, and we kept giving it to the left hand side where we had no there was not nothing fluid about that team either that going right the way through the team it was just so poor and I think it's probably the worst result I've seen since we've been down it was just there was nothing we scored twice but that was only through Anthony Ralston who come May the 30th won't be a Dungeon United player uh, and I hope for his career he isn't because he deserves a lot better than the Scottish Championship um, see what I've noticed there, Tom, though, as well, like, you know, like the bad management. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I wasn't there, I can only go with the BBC report, but did they only make one change? Mm-hmm. Mickelson? Yeah. I mean, come on, like, that screams out, that, that's a land bells there. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, a, a game that you're winning, but, like, you're losing to Dumbarton, we the greatest respect to Dumbarton, but then the United should not be losing these kind of games. Mm-hmm. They're making one change uh, for just a big target man to come on and pump. Mm-hmm. And if I, I could probably count on my one hand how many touches Michelson got, uh, <laughs> he's been so poor since he's come back. He was, uh, he had his faults maybe last season, on loan, but there was an obvious um, quality to him, and that you could put the ball up to him, and he would have players around him that would win the win the second balls, and he wasn't a bad finisher. But this time we've just hardly seen anything. Um, he doesn't. It's like maybe he's just not bothered anymore. Maybe he's happy enough getting away from Ross County but it looks like regardless this is probably going to be his level next season because going by that he's not going to get another club in the Premiership um, given that he's failed at Ross County and he's not exactly set uh, set it on fire in the Championship again uh, and in fairness to Lazlo he did pick a particularly attacking team which he doesn't tend to do for away games we did have the sort of four attackers but we had three of them out of position uh, make- <laughs> McMullen, more often than not, who is tiny, was a, t- a central striker, and fair enough. I don't. I don't think you've got to be six foot three, um, like a John Daly up front. But when you're going to lump balls up, then why do that? 
we've seen how good Barr is. He scored twice. Um, why lump the ball up to McMillan, who's five foot six or whatever? Um, and then if we're going to play one of them up front, it's Matty Smith or Scott McDonald that should be up there. Um, and McDonald was played in behind McMillan, and Smith was playing it wide. Just that sort of level of incompetency. I can just about get away with if he'd put the players in their positions, taken out Murdoch. Fair enough, and we got beat three two. It was very bad from the players. Don't get me wrong, but there was just glaring errors throughout the game from Laszlo. We just think it could. There can only be so much off field turmoil. The players can only be so bad. Whereas if you're going to put that team out and play them the way they did, then you get you you deserve everything you get. <sighs> anyway, strong words, man. Yeah, strong, strong words. I like to think I've kept that one a little bit shorter than I have in the past. <laughs> uh, albeit that was the worst performance I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, for the results in the championship, uh, Dunfermline looked like uh, that they were the real. Um, the, the, them and Livingston really took advantage this weekend. Like they've probably secured, particularly Livingston, have probably secured the playoffs now with a 3 2 win at Morton. And the Fairman massive win, and it probably puts to bed Falkirk's um, playoff ambitions, if there was any, Johnny. Yeah, it's over now, I think, at 11 points with five games to go, which is a bit of a shame, actually, because I wrote an article in the Falkirk Herald, which was published about three days ago, talking about <laughs> Falkirk's potential playoff hopes. Um, so. That'll still be on sale for another week if anybody wants to buy it and <laughs> laugh at it. Uh, yeah, I was a bit confident after they went and beat uh, Breakin 4 0, apparently. And uh, not a bad point at Palmerston the week. And uh, just Dunfermline have had the better of them this season. And they've done it again. That's, I kind of, kind of, I thought when I was at the Falkirk, the Falkirk Stadium last week, I kind of thought that they would. There seemed like a bit of a positive energy there, and that they might beat Dunfermline because I've been around Falkirk when it's when things are positive when they were beating Hibs constantly in the Hibs's first season in the Championship, the season before they came mm-hmm. up. Um, obviously when they lost to Kilmarnock in the playoffs at the end, um, Falkirk, and that was incredible that season beating Rangers as well. And there was that sort of feeling a little bit, but nah, it's completely completely over for them now. I think they can. Start thinking about their holidays probably once they once they probably put to bed Dumbarton. They're mm. now again closer to Dumbarton than they are to um, to the playoffs after Dumbarton's three points. Mm. The last game in the championship saw contrasting ends of the form table meet at Palmerston. Green and South got beat two 0 by Inverness, mm. who Inverness have been on a particularly good run of late, just in behind St Mirren in the last five games. Um, could Inverness catch the? Uh, could they maybe have an outside shout of getting in the playoffs? Yes, I think Inverness have got a good chance actually. Jesus, um, I didn't realise how many games they had in hand. Apologies. Yeah, they've only played thirty, mm-hmm. so they're two points behind Queens with three in hand, and their next game is at home to Falkirk. They win that, they're only five behind. Obviously, United with United's form, mm-hmm. with this obviously will we'll probably still be a game in hand because you'd imagine United will not win. Against St Mirren, you'd imagine oh, no. St Mirren will probably probably pick up the title on Tuesday. Another title party at Paradise. Um, <laughs> you've actually not really talked about St Mirren yet because mm-hmm. I think it's so certain that they will win the league, and you've obviously got the f- you're really thinking about this on Tuesday and how much they're going to take the piss out of you. Uh, 
I just think United will win on Tuesday. Mm. Nah, they won't. Somebody will win comfortably. Yeah, yeah, I think they will as well. I think the best we can really hope for is almost just don't turn up. Um, <laughs> and we just feel like they've already won it and maybe we can sneak something. But the goading has already started from Mark Cherry and don't want to mm. see what him and Sauce are like on Wednesday morning if they do pick up a positive result. I've just looked at this, by the way, and Inverness, after they play Falkirk, have been Dumbarton twice. They have got to be thinking about the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They, they might as well organise their playoff games now. <laughs> that They've got to be really confident. I mean, the, the weekend was perfect for them. Um, kind of ironically, I think the weekend was pretty good for Dundee Knight as well, apart from mm-hmm. the fact oh, that they're completely God. incompetent. <laughs> I mean, with Morton and Queen the South both losing... Mm-hmm. Are probably decent results, or so I thought at the time. But now I'm thinking about it. Queen of the South are probably less of a threat than Inverness. Their form is um, awful. Just the, I think yeah. it's equally as bad as ours, which is saying something. Yep, last five games Huge. equally as bad. Mm-hmm. Five points from five. But uh, shoot here, I'll go against Johnny here. Inverness will not make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. the United will win against the Mum. I don't think mm, I think St Mirren will win comfortably against Dundee United <laughs> yeah but I don't think I don't know it's going to be close I think Inverness have got definitely the potential they've, they play Morton as well so it might yeah, come down to that in the last I think it's the last day so they might, it might come down to that um, obviously United will be holding on sorry Pardon? no I was, I was just saying I was just saying I obviously like when you look at the table it doesn't look but then you see the amount of games in hand that mm. Inverness have got so you've got Aye. Like, yeah, any consideration like I've said, but I just I still I still can't see it. Mm. Just... I think they'll they'll come close. Obviously, uh, Dundee United have got a winnable game at the weekend as well against. I'll be up at Tannadice for the game against Falkirk, which last time they won, which was second game under Lashlow. Yeah, first league game. The <laughs> the sexy first football game, comment were, came out after that. Yeah, they were fantastic that day. Mm. Really good. And uh, they won three nil. Scott McDonald said. Lashlow had all the patter, mm-hmm. and since then it's just been a car crash. So. Mm-hmm. Wait, who, who was that? Did the United beat with the sexy football? Falkirk. Falkirk. Aye, but I then Falkirk them. absolutely thrashed them. Yeah, six uh, one. Six one. Boxing Day was it? Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, about then. Tried no, to, no, it was, 20, it was January. It was January. Yeah. It was like aye, aye, because it was Slater on that debut. Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, try to keep that one, uh, well away from any thoughts I have. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tom. Bad enough as it is, I don't need to be reminded that. Thank you very much, Casey. And uh, <laughs> on that, I think move on to League One, where there were no home wins this weekend, um, and probably air of just about air four points away from winning the league. Is it all over, Casey? I think, I think so. I think that air, air will win the league. It's been. Again, it's just one of those like we when we're going on about the title races, but now there's even a gap gap there for Air United. Um, so fair play, I think that along with obviously League Two as well, mm. have been the the most exciting title races. But uh, nah, Air Air will be playing Championship football next season. Johnny, do you concur? Yeah, I think they will be. They've got two home games against Stranraer and Albion, and mm. if they get a win and a draw, they've. They don't even have to worry about Aloha away, so you've got to say there. It's been absolutely remarkable to not only 
go out and play very very exciting football but to get the results as well yeah it's uh, something that I've not seen certainly in my four years living in air I, th- um, I think as well um, remember all the question marks were raised when air went full time in the summer about mm. saying oh play they went full time now when they could have done it last year in the championship I think they've done it right uh, evidently now because they are in a better place than they were but Serie United went full full time in the championship last season um, and they couldn't get to grips with it as quick and they get relegated then that would have been that idea killed for like the foreseeable future whereas with them going full time in League 1 has given them the chance to build and uh, I, I think they'll be a great addition to the championship next season and probably have to be a wee bit more pragmatic I don't think they could get away with the sheer amount of attacking options that they go for all the time mm. uh, most notably again I'll bring it up when they played Rangers in the Scottish Cup I still can't get my head around that team selection um, but no I, I, I think they will but as I say to credit the, the board at Air United I think that they, they got that one spot on when because there was a lot of eyebrows raised people saying oh why did they not go full time when they were in the championship but I think they called it right just give them a chance to build something and uh Aye, so aye, no, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a good addition to the Championship next yeah. season and it'll be interesting to see how they go on. Yeah, um, now they're just four points away. That's partly down to Wraith, drawing one all away at Arbroath. The two probably look like they're going to be in the playoffs now. Um, elsewhere, uh, Stranar nicked a 1-0 win with Aloha. Uh, East Fife won 3-2 at Queen's Park. Um, that means Queen's Park, Albion Rovers, both on 27 points at the bottom of the table. Uh, another very exciting race in this league. Uh, what do you see happening here, Johnny? Uh, terms of the bottom of the table, you mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably... I think both of them going down would probably be fair looking at League Two's playoffs. Uh, I know that sounds pretty pretty harsh, obviously, <laughs> but I think the the two teams obviously going for the, the, the title and League Two both thoroughly deserve to be promoted mm-hmm. um, and throws for the first time like I've said in the podcast before since 1995-1996 I think so and Peterhead have been obviously thrashing the goals in like everybody expected they should never have been relegated in the first place but they've had a good season as well even if it has had their sort of a bit of inconsistency that wasn't expected but I think both of those teams deserve to come up um, and I think to be quite honest Queen's Park and Albion probably both deserve to be relegated and that's what looks to be I think for me is, is going to be the final nail and well certainly the the bottom two has now decided Forfar mm-hmm. moved with that 91st minute goal and now seven ahead of Albion uh, with three games to go I think that'll probably be that obviously it would have been four points could I count yeah four points which would have given Albion a bit of hope but mm-hmm. Their form has been absolutely horrific. To have a player like Alan Troughton as well, who is the second top scorer in the league with 20, mm-hmm. and still be, you know, seven points adrift of safety is beyond belief. Um, on the Albion Rovers, by the way, you should watch the wee 10 minute thing the record did with them, which was quite interesting, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure about the timing of it from their point of view. It's probably a bit, I don't know. Doesn't seem like the greatest timing to be filming a ten-minute short documentary for the Daily Record when you're about to get potentially relegated. Mm. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it was interesting. Yeah, the 
in a bit of a contrast, League Two, um, goals galore. 20 goals in the five games, five of which came at Montrose. A fairly unexpected result here. Do you say so? Yeah, well, um, obviously there was one of the prediction games, wasn't it, Johnny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Been, so I think that, well, most people predicted Montrose to win, but certainly not by that margin. But let's like say just that absolutely brilliant result. And again, just that, obviously they're <laughs> a game behind Peter Head. Um, but I don't know, I, I, I think Montrose will, will win. Most go on to win the league. Um, I think Johnny called that a couple of weeks ago. In fairness, no, it's probably longer ago than that because a couple of weeks ago they've been right in the thick of the title race. But uh, I, 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 it was were they know your tip to win the league, Johnny? No, my tip to win the league was Peterhead. I had because um, I'm needing Peterhead to win a twenty-six to one pre-season coupon, <laughs> and I've oh, got. Is that um, what you're waiting on? Yeah, that's it. My oh. tip for the uh, pre-season was Kelly top six ninety-two. Um, Ipswich to finish above Millwall in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Even money or ten or eleven or something. Ipswich above no Millwall above Ipswich. Sorry, I think they're like ten clear or something because Millwall have been absolutely incredible recently. And and uh, Peterhead to win League Two, but I really like Montrose, so I'll be happy either way. Plus, I only put like it was just a kind of oh I've got two quid in my account. I'll stick this on bet, so it's only like fifty back, but. Obviously, I'd take 50 quid now if you offered me it, but I would like to see Montrose promoted as well. Mm. Um, yeah, Peterhead getting a fairly good result. 3 1 away at Berwick. Um, Berwick probably safe, or is this result maybe pulled them back into it with Cowden Beath? Um, four games to go, Cowden Beath seven points behind. I mean, if you'd asked me two months ago if Cowden Beath could get seven points in four games, I would have obviously said no but they've been <laughs> I just this is all I said I, I think about a month ago I, we talked about Cowdenbeath we like to talk about Cowdenbeath quite a lot actually um, and uh, I said that all they need to do before the playoffs is hit a bit of a run of form and get the confidence up and they'll probably go into the game with um, Cove were confirmed champions at Highland League on Saturday by the way so they'll be either them or I think it's Spartans and East Cobride going for the mm-hmm. Lowland League, so it'll be one of those three. And Cowdenbeath, if they go keep this form up, then they will go into that game as favourites, there's no doubt about it. And um, let's say they've been in good form recently, so I think. Uh, it was a brilliant result against Clyde, obviously. Because yeah. like, <coughs> if Clyde won, could they have gone to the playoff places? Um, I think because oh, anyone they would have stayed out yeah and goal difference but, but even that turn around for Clyde mm. for Danny Lennon that's remarkable as well but uh, mm. <coughs> I think that he get manager of the month as well and good will get played of the month maybe so that maybe cost them in, in Saturday mm. look at Cowdenby's last four games they've got um, Montrose next and then Peterhead so probably a bit of a too much of a tough running with Berwick away I suppose if they've got Berwick away they could win that but needing seven points and you've got the top two coming up you know it's you're going to have to take points off one of them and I can't see uh, can't see that happening even if they have been on good a decent run recently mm. Elsewhere in League 2 Annan picked up quite an impressive 4-1 win at home to Elgin 
and mm. Stenny, same result, apart from away from home, they beat Edinburgh City 4-1 as well. Um, Stenny keeping their um, spot in the playoffs, Johnny? Yeah, I think, obviously, Stenny have got a couple of games in hand. They should be... They, they should never have been... Even, there shouldn't even be a question about the playoffs. That's the thing with with Stenny. They've made it a bit difficult for themselves with some pretty poor results recently. Um, they're so bizarre as well. They went they went and beat Peterhead and then lost at home to Cowden Beef. They beat Peterhead away, lost at home to Cowden Beef, lost at home to Elgin, and then drew away at Cowden Beef. And then obviously they won at the weekend four mm-hmm. one. So they've made it difficult for themselves. But I think they are over the over the piece of the season they have been the fourth best team. Mm. Uh, Sterling Albion as well. Their last four games have got two points and obviously that thumping at the weekend. But before that, they drew it home to Cowdenbeath and Edinburgh. I mean, if, they, if they'd kept that sort of... a respectable points total out of that four games, they could have been looking more up the way rather than... Well, they've put nothing to play for now, but they've, I think they'll be a bit frustrated with their mm. run of form now. Anything else before we move on to um, what's quite a silly lot of questions from there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it should be maybe. Have we? I don't know about the kind of manager of the year and stuff because obviously kind of mm-hmm. honourable mentions to Jack Ross at some one as well. Obviously, mm. I think mm. that he should be a candidate for it. I don't think he'll get it though, but I think that. I know we talk about how, um, how good some are every year, but I don't know whether because that that's got to be the chat for the next few weeks, isn't it? About the mm-hmm. kind of nominees who play the managers of the season. Mm-hmm. And SPFL in total, you've got to um, give some credit to Stuart Petrie as well for what he's done with Montrose. Um, so last season, to when he took them over, they were uh, bottom of the table in League Two, and mm-hmm. people were talking about them playing in the Highland League and being on the on the verge of. Death if they played in the Highland League basically wouldn't be able to handle it, and he's taken them to what could be the first time above the fourth division in Scotland in twenty three years. So got to give him a lot of credit. So well, credit turned. Mm. Take it, Steve Clark, for you, Casey. Hey, <laughs> uh, aye, probably, probably. Uh, again, just to. Uh, Again, like the, the, I mean, the record speaks for itself. I mean, just to, I, I just run out of words and how to describe his tenure so far as Kilmarnock manager. See, I don't think any other manager in the country could have had the same impact as that he's had with the club. So, nah, for me, it's got to be Steve Clark. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers gets another treble. Wait, wait, you get it, and I'm not saying that that's. That's not an achievement because of course it mm-hmm. is, man. When <laughs> back to back trebles, but you know, I mean, Celtic really should be the favourites for every game they get into. Um, Neil Lennon, excellent first season back in the top fight for Hibs, particularly their records have competed well against the old firm. Um, so, no, honourable mentions to him, uh, and then obviously Jack Ross at some as well. Was just like for them. I mean, the predicament they were in last season when he took over to keep them up when he did was amazing. Anyway, and now he absolutely robbed that title. Just speaks for itself. And obviously, I think yeah, an, an honourable mention as well to Shabba Laszlo, who's uh, <laughs> done a wonderful <laughs> job since, since he's got the job at Tannadice. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and Ian McCall as well probably gives a bit of. Mm-hmm. 
Nah. Shout out of there. <laughs> uh, nah, kidding on the light, McCall. You kind of got two, Petrie and Jack Ross have got, done quite a similar job, actually, and I've just heard you say that. Yeah. Taking teams from what looked to be a pretty gruelling... Like, imagine <laughs> St Mirren in League One. I mean, oh, that is ridiculous to even think about. And Montrose in the Highland League equally is ridiculous to think about. And to take them both, well, certainly St Mirren and... You would have to hope Montrose, like I've said, they do deserve to go up um, to League One would be incredible. Mm. Shows what signing players like Sean Dillon can do for a team, particularly at that level. Someone who I think should be playing oh, at least yeah. a division, if not two higher. Right, certainly is definitely capable of playing two divisions higher. And oh, like I said, he's definitely had offers to play at a much higher level, but I think the... Uh, the offer of being able to coach whilst he was at Montrose was one that he wanted to take as well. So, mm. uh, And he says, when I spoke to him, he said that when he spoke to Stuart Petrie, he just talked, he was just basically so convinced and just talked up Montrose so much that he, he knew that he wanted to play there, which is a credit to Petrie again. Yeah, I know he runs a successful soccer school, as he calls it, in uh, yeah. in the town. Um, always looks uh, particularly impressive when you go past it. Uh, not that I'm spending too much time watching children. Uh, <laughs> just, oh, they share. Uh, they, they play in the same sports center as us on a Wednesday night. I think it is or a Monday. Mm. I can't remember now. But um, quite tactically uh, deep, I suppose it would be. Where do you think that maybe the um, it would be quite easy for someone like Sean Dillon to just say, right, I'll employ three or four people to do it for me, whereas he's actually there trying to teach them about football, as opposed to just, right, let's play football, let's just kick a ball for an hour and a half. Mm. Um, but that old to Sean Dillon is over. Um, on to the questions. Everyone happy to move on? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Some ridiculous questions from members of the podcast, actually. Um, Matt Findlay, what's the point uh, Lewis Kemp going down a similar avenue with why as you, Casey, last week. Right, uh, I see, see. I need to be clear about that, right? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was listening back to when I said that question, the reaction on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't why doing questions, and it wasn't why to anything, and it wasn't the kind of uh, Peter Griffin's kind of cousin or whoever who was a philosopher or his great grandfather. <laughs> Remember that episode of the Family Guy and they just questioned everything and just said why, but uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't that either. <laughs> it was uh, it was because it was a night Scotland. Like, I actually can't even remember who we beat. That's embarrassing. Hungary, hungry, hungry. Right, yeah, uh, that's how disinterested I was. So, uh, aye, so that, aye, that it was that it was that night. Like, just because you were doing a podcast and I was just it was like why about <laughs> Scotland. Uh, so j- 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 just to clear that up in case people mm. thought I was uh, I was having a go at the, the, the idea for questions which <laughs> I, is my favourite part of the show it mm. was just it was more a go at Scotland even though it was a kind of positive result for Scotland I just thought it would be kind of funny mm. And, mm. and Johnny do you care to explain yourself asking who cares um, <laughs> first of all nah. who cares about what and why did you ask the question <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything to say, mm-hmm. like like Kelly Carl. I just yeah, I just had a few beers earlier and I got a bit confident. <laughs> 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 nah, I don't really. 
Yeah. Quite embarrassed by my actions now, actually. I just got Lewis. Lewis tempted me in, actually. Yeah, I blame him. Dangerous listening to that boy. The worst I'm actually good. Was there at least a normal question here? Um, There's one statement from James at the second yellow. Not really a question, I'm afraid. Uh, He did say, please no Dungeon United talk. They're bad, we get it. We don't need the crying every week. Obviously aimed at myself. Um, <laughs> yes, you I get do that. a lot of crying, in fairness. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it would be a bit tedious, but this is probably the, the my main outlet for it. I think if I didn't um, have my weekly cry at this stage, I think um, I probably would lose my mind or what what uh, left I have of it. Um, what uh, left you have of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, wow. And there is a very good question from regular listener and friend of the show, Snowman. He has asked, and I'll direct this one at you, Casey, first. Um, should the SPFL be attempting to avoid the old firm game being a title decider? Obviously. Uh, no, I think that it's I think it's quite embarrassing. Um, that I think it's pretty obvious that they're doing everything they can to prevent an old firm game or a title decider. Um mm-hmm. well, like no no that we no, no I mean I mean Celtic clinching the title rather because there's no decision to be made and who's going to win the title. Um but I can obviously see their point, obviously when Rangers have won the league at Parkhead and stuff, but it's gotta be to the detriment of the other other clubs, so no, I don't think they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that they need to take their, their kind of fixtures. It's clear to see now that the prior to the the top six, no, no, prior to the beginning of the season, they have an idea of who's going to play where and when. I think mm-hmm. uh, going by, even though apparently it's done by a random, uh, I don't know what machine or whatever that, that, that gets the fixtures, I don't buy that because it's clear to see that they never thought Hibs and Kamala would have finished in the top six, going by like the kind of the amount of away games that we would likely to be playing. You, mm-hmm. you, you know how usually it evens itself out over the season, so yeah. like, usually again, but like I, because obviously both us and Hibs could be playing at Ibrox three times and along with the other stuff and that. So, no, I, I, th- I think that, uh, no, they, they shouldn't, they, they, they should just, I don't even know, I've lost my train of thought here, <laughs> they, they shouldn't be. Prioritising an old firm title decider, well, mm. or lack of old firm title decider over uh, other games. Yeah, and Rogers has always come out after the uh, Hamilton game today saying he uh, just echoing your statement saying he doesn't think they should be given priority either. Um, mm. Probably a bit easier in his situation to say that than you'd expect his counterpart at Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. Johnny, do you got much to add on that? or? No, absolutely not. I think. Mm. I- I agree that it's ridiculous to try and sort of fix any fixture to mm-hmm. be a decider or not be a decider. You just, well, it happens or doesn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. Celtic could win the league in any game after the split. Mm-hmm. But if they, they can't, you can't really decide this. Like, obviously, they've got a big exactly. chance. But if they play first and they, and they win, they will win it. But, but I, they could play because... and then not win and then win the, against Rangers, you know, they could... You don't know how it's going to happen, so I think mm. it's kind of a ridiculous thing to try and fix or or something along those lines. No, that's exactly it, because it's got to look even more embarrassing. 
if they do do that for Celtic to drop points and still end up winning the title against Rangers anyway it's got to just be exactly. a total farce in the long list of farces that the <laughs> uh, SPFL and I know it's not to do with SFA but we'll just give them a shout out and a long list of uh, farcical decisions so no shouldn't shouldn't be prioritising any game at this stage at all mm. Right, I think on that note we'll end the podcast. Um, Johnny Clark, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks very much, been a pleasure mm. being on, Tom. Mm. And as always, Casey, a pleasure speaking to you as well. Thanks very much, Tom, mm. uh, thrilled to be back. Mm. Right, that is the end of uh, podcast 195, and we'll speak to you very soon. Mm.